Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Offside Report brought to you by Sportsmates EPL Live app, the best app in the business for all your scores, stats and football news. Maybe we're being a bit biased there, but that's exactly what we are on this podcast. But we kick things off today with a full recap of another crazy come from behind win for Everton. And is this the year we finally see Burnley go down? The returns of Ronaldo and Lukaku to their respected home ground stole the headlines and the repercussions of another international break proved troublesome over the weekend. And a Chelsea proving unstoppable with their new number nine leading the line. And then we take a trip to Italy to check up on Al's old mate, Jose Mourinho, who's hit the capital by storm. And then we finish off with our player of the week votes. And joining me on the panel panel to discuss all of that, plus more, is Jimmy, Mitch, and Al Jensen. Jimmy and Mitch, I'll start with you boys. Mm. I'm sure you're happy with how Ronaldo's debut went. Very, very happy. I mean, it was expected. Um, I think anyone who's seen him play before or supported him knows uh, what a champion he is. So never, never doubted mm. him for a second, Nicholas. Yeah. He's the ultimate professional. And Mitch? Uh, look, you get what you pay for. And when you buy the best player in the world, arguably, you get it. So Not arguably. He's the best. He did, look, he delivered on the big stage two world-class goals and exactly what United bought him for was to finish those 50-50 chances. And he did exactly that in his first game. And with his real yeah. proper, properly, his first proper chance of the game, he, he put it away and led United, you know, with a bit of a comeback as well, you know, after they equalised very quickly in Newcastle. He, Got one back, so mm. would you, yeah, would you really say would you really say they're world class goals though? I mean, it was a spill from a keeper. The first one, the second you know, one, he you know, just knows how to be in the right position. I tell you right what, time. Al, it was as you know, number nine, a poacher. I mean, he was the only no other no other player other than Ronaldo would have scored that. If you actually watched when the shot came in from from Greenwood, um, the only player who was ready to pounce on it was Ronaldo. Everyone else stopped, so he's just got that instinct for it. The second one, the speed at which he burst away, and then to take the touch as well and put it, I reckon he purposely put it between the goalkeeper's legs, which is the hardest place, I think, um, to stop the ball. I think it's world-class. I think you're a harsh man, Alan. Mate. Once again, very, very salty that Tottenham lost. Well, well I like the Alan there, mate. Yeah, that's good. Uh, nice one. Yeah, obviously Spurs did lose. Of course. But yeah. You know, well, that's how. That's that's sorry. I was. That's how I was going to introduce you, Al, because the Spurs, your Spurs, they threw you under the bus, mate. They were perfect in the first few weeks, and then mm. the first week of the podcast, they go and lose three 0 So, what the hell happened there? Oh, well, that was it. I mean, you're talking. We're I mean, talking about the international break. I mean, we don't want the mitigating circumstances with Spurs losing, obviously, but obviously, Palace from the get go were the were the better team. Yeah. You know, mm. I mean, we, we had one shot on goal, two shots, shot, sorry, two shots on goal. The first shot on goal um, was in the 47th minute. Harry Kane didn't even mm. score one, you know, did, didn't have one chance at all. That's so, crazy. That's unbelievable. Not even a touch in the box, which is the first time him. ever for Harry Kane in the Premier League. That's unbelievable. Um, but before we get into it, boys, I've got a little statement to make. Oh, here we go. And I don't know if you can see what I'm wearing, but... The Reds, mate, they've got no money, but we're still going to win. We're still going to win the league. We're still going to win the league, boys. Um, what a win. What a team. We're back. Van Dyke's back. And I think I think this is the year. Fans are back in the stadium. It's just set up for us. So back in the top four and back making an impact. That's it. Back in the top, top four. But, you know, you're going to win it. Have you got the title yeah. credentials? 
Mate, look at the players we've got. I think we're very underrated, I think, just because we haven't made any big Ferrari, Lamborghini signings like Sancho or Grealish or Ronaldo or Lukaku, people forget we still have the best player in the league, and that's Mo Salah. That's right. I said it. He's proven, proven goal scorer. He's not the best in the league, but he did join the 100 club, which was great for him. So I was, I happy, mean, for, I was happy for him in, in that department, but still, he's not the best player <laughs> in the league. I think, you know, what, you beat Leeds, well done, you know, 3-0. People uh, away get carried from home. away. I, I will say this, though, Nicholas, I think we can all agree, is that I think it's one of the most unpredictable seasons we're going to have. Well, I hope so anyway. No, I mean, you're right. You're top right. four looks looks great. And actually, just look forward to this calendar before Nico goes on with his, with whatever he's going to say about Liverpool. <laughs> look forward to the 25th of September. Put it in your calendar. We know it's grand final day here in Melbourne. Mm. But Chelsea, Man City. Then October 3, you've got Liverpool, Man City. Then October 24, Man United v Liverpool. You know, it's an easy game for United, but we'll see what happens. 6 of November, United v City. And they're all, you know, obviously available on the uh, EPL Live app. So have a look on there. But um, it, they're unpredictable games. I think the top four, the way it's, it's very early, but the way it started and the signings, Nico mentions that. Van Dijk's back though. So that's almost a signing mm. in itself because he didn't play last year. So very excited about uh, the prospects of this season, I reckon. A trip across Merseyside, Everton score three in a flash and it come from behind win against Burnley, which is Mitch's second team. So mm. three goals in six, six minutes to overturn a one nil deficit. And this is the second game at Goodison Park this year where they've overturned a one nil deficit, scored three goals in a second half and gone on to win three, one. They did it to Southampton in the first week. They've done it again here. So how far do you reckon uh, Rafa can take this team? Because this is, this is a step in the right direction for them, I feel. Oh, look, I mean, I agree. I think do that to both Southampton and Burnley is impressive because mm-hmm. they're both teams that historically are defensive and they don't concede many, uh, let mm-hmm. alone for Burnley to concede, what was it, three goals in just about 10 minutes. It's mm-hmm. just, that's unheard of. Um, I think Damari Gray was phenomenal. Um, yeah. you got to look at Townsend was... That strike was ridiculous. Well, that's you, goal you talk of the about, season already. You talk about world-class goals, and that was a worldie, totally. Everton with a bit more fire in their belly now. Andros Townsend is going to go for goal from distance. What about that? Oh, what about that? That is how to get your first goal in front of the fans at Goodison Park. Mitch, Burnley, they're, they're your second team. They're usually a mainstay in the Premier League. They've proven to be anyway, but they're winless after four. Are they going down this year? I, I think it, I think they're in trouble. I think mm. to start, a, to start, you know, nil and four is, is tough work. Um, they don't have any money. They haven't spent any money. I think they signed a total of one player in the offseason. Um, look, I feel like Sean Dyche has got a, a battle ahead to get them up. And look, if he does anything really well, he does get his players up for big games. And, you know, I still think they're one of those teams that it's not going to be nice to travel there. I still think that if you if those mid-table teams take it for granted and think they're going to get three points, it's going to be a tough battle. And that's the games that Burnley will look to win. But this could be it. The fairy tale could be over for Burnley and they could be back in the championship. And, yeah, it's not looking pretty to start off with. No way. No chance. I mean, Nico goes early all the time, all the time. Oh, but four games, you know, could they get relegated, please? No, they're not getting relegated. <laughs> the quality they've got in their side is still good enough to stay up. Please, coach, they've got as well. Manager, we know it's a tough away trip every time you go there. They're not going to go down, Nico. 
But Burnley away I mean, on a Tuesday night when the rain's that's right. now, you know. <laughs> it's fair enough, but I, I just feel like um, we're seeing things that we haven't seen in the past. Like they've always been a physical side, but they, they're copping a lot of criticism at the moment for how physical they've actually been. Like Jurgen Klopp spoke about it a few weeks ago when they played Liverpool and then that incident with Ashley Barnes against Leeds last time out. Um, he almost broke, I don't know who's, who it was, was a Bamford. He almost broke his leg. And then this morning it happens again with James Tarkowski on Richarlison. The referee somehow didn't even call a foul, but I'm not sure if it's those Sean Dyche tactics or just frustration, but something doesn't seem right about them this season. But anyway, that's my take. Al, you're the English boy here, the local English boy. So what else is making headlines in England? Well, yeah, thanks, Nick. I, I'm going to talk <laughs> about the actual international break. Mm. It's you know, turning out to be a bit of a farce, that one. Obviously, it started off last week with uh, Brazil and Argentina, that game being abandoned due to the you know the COVID-19 protocols. Mm-hmm. And with all the uh, officials running onto the pitch, the yeah. deportation of the players from the Argentina squad. And then, but to top it all off, you've got the Brazil Confederation, likewise Mexico, Paraguay and Chile. You know, from the Brazilians, they're trying to impose that, they've tried to impose that five-day FIFA regulation to prevent, you know, players that didn't feature in those internationals from playing Mm. in the Premier League over the weekend. Obviously, it didn't happen. Thank God common sense prevailed with the ban on the Brazilians. I would have rioted if Alisson and Fabinho didn't play on the weekend. Um, And I'm even seeing some excuses from United supporters on social media saying, oh, the Brazilians shouldn't have played, Liverpool won because of them, blah, 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 because Fabinho scored, obviously. (laughs) I don't know. If you want the definition of being scared, that's it. That's it right there. I'm going to make excuses there for Spurs, right? Mm -hmm. So three three of those Argentina players, you know, they're all sunning themselves in Croatia. Sorry, two, and then Sanchez from Colombia. Mm. Or not being able to play. I mean, is that going to happen? You know, are we going to see that? We're going to see the internationals. We've got World Cup qualifiers in October and November. Is that yeah. going to just be, you know, what do you think, Jimmy? Is it going to be, you know? Yeah, I think so. Well, Juventus, a clear example, were missing seven players. I mean, one was through injury, but the other, they didn't make it because of these South American um fixtures so it's unfair i mean everyone has a hissy fit because of uh, england and the epl but what about the italian league no one cares about the city are the event has basically lost the game because of this so i'm not happy yeah but no ronaldo, no ronaldo as well no win that you know that doesn't help. I'll get to the city out later, but uh, I think Juventus will be a better team without Ronaldo. Don't worry. A trip across London and one team that's not failing to make the headlines is Chelsea. Mitch, I just think that Chelsea are impressive. They're they're going to be scary this year. Um, we talk mm-hmm. about. I know we just mentioned it then about teams missing players. I don't know if missing players will affect Chelsea. They can drop two or three, and you know Lukaku yeah. misses a game. Okay, Timo Werner steps up. You know, mm-hmm. Jorginho didn't start in that midfield on the weekend. <laughs> It, it is just, they're going to be scary. And for me, is I think Lukaku is that missing piece that, you know, they didn't have last year. Obviously, it yep. wasn't a full season with Thomas Tuchel either. But mm. at Lukaku, I mean, he had two shots in that whole entire game. And guess what? They were both goals. Yeah, um, One was on the left foot and one was on the right. And it's just, I think this, this season, they're going to be so hard to beat. And in a season where it's going to be, you know, a lot of matches back-to-back, you've obviously got those World Cup qualifiers where teams are going to have to rotate players. A team mm. like Chelsea, they can rotate and still put out a world-class lineup, and mm. that is going to scare teams. They are going yeah. to take points away. And honestly, boys, I don't. I'm hardcore United, and I want to see us win. But going to play <laughs> against Chelsea at Chelsea is going to be tough. And you know, I know we'll take points off them. I just worry about teams like Liverpool and City. Can they do it? 
<laughs> That's true. Hey, I, I don't know, man. You know, you're getting swept away in it a little bit. I mean, even if you look at that, I don't think Aston Villa played that bad, to be honest. They had more shots, more shots on target as well. Oh, they could have scored. Mendy had a fantastic game. Mm. My God, pulled off saves left and right. And I think Lukaku definitely helps them. I mean, Conte is the reason why he's playing so well. And all jokes aside, I mean, changed his diet when he went over there to Italy and said, this is how you play. If you want to score goals, this is what you do. And that's what he's been doing. He's an absolute champion. I don't know if you, you know, some people overrating Chelsea a little bit. I don't think they dominated. What about you, Al? What do you, what do you reckon about Chelsea? That's strength and depth. I mean, I think it's, mm. it is scary to, to see already. Mm. Um, you know, Lukaku is he the, the most complete striker? I mean, they've yes, got they've probably. got in every position they've they've got mm. they've got cover. I see they're definitely going to be hard to beat, and we've got them next. A big game mm. coming up. It's out. It's at the um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so it's a home. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. hopefully have the crowd behind us, but it's going to be tough. Prepare yeah. your excuses for that one. I, yeah, I, I, I still um I still think Chelsea have a better squad than City. Like I, I'm with Mitch on this one. If you look at Chelsea's bench on the weekend, like Kepa, Aspilicueta, the captain, Jorginho, Timo Werner, Christensen, Chilwell, Mason Mount didn't play. Ross Barkley's a forgotten man. Loftus Cheek, and then Kante wasn't there. Pulisic wasn't in the squad and Reese James is still suspended and they blow Aston Villa away 3-0. So well, they didn't blow them away, Nico. I mean they had more like I said, I mean they took their chances. They still they still conceded more shots than Chelsea had and more shots on target. I still I think yeah. I don't know if they yeah. blew them away. I mean come I mean on, they, yeah. they had they had third choice players in their squad. I, I consider Hudson and Doyle I think he's a quality player, but he's third choice in you know that Chelsea squad. And mm. you know, I mean they kept a clean sheet. They scored three goals. What else do you want? So, I mean, I, I, I probably have them for the title this season, to be honest. I think if City don't sign a striker in the next transfer window, it is Chelsea's to lose. Mm-hmm. I just think you look at, I know we're not talking about City or City's game right now, but if you look at, you know, their goal came from Bernardo Silva, mm-hmm. um, you know, who is arguably someone they probably looked to offload in the offseason. Um, yeah. Without that outright nine, I think they will struggle because you look at it, this year, the, the main competing clubs, well, sorry, United obviously have their striker. Chelsea have their striker. Liverpool, arguably, you can say you guys don't really have an outright nine. No. Um, but you have goal score. Like your front three are deadly. Um, mm. And I think that your front three are almost going to score more than City's will. Because you look at it, Raheem Sterling, he's you know probably going to get that 15 goals. But, you know, are you going to get another 15 out of Fernand Torres? Are you going to get 10 from Gundogan again? Is De Bruyne going to chip in? They need a lot of their midfield to do a lot of their work for them to be up there. I think they just need a solid nine to put away those 50-50 chances. And I think that'll yeah. go a long way. They didn't replace uh, Sergio Aguero when they left. They were looking to. I think I think Ronaldo was definitely on their radar. So something must oh, have yeah. gone down there. They but were very <laughs> upset about that. Alan, who's your quick tip for the title? My top four, City, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool. I'm not even going to put the Spurs in there. Put the Spurs in there, jeez. No, I've got a lot of love for Liverpool. All right, well, that's enough about English teams, Jimmy. What's going on at the Island of the Boot? Uh, Mourinho, who is Al's best mate, because uh, he loved him when he was at Spurs. He notched up his thousandth thousandth game as manager, and he won it. And he won it in the 90th Mm. minute through El Shirawi. 
92nd minute, I think he put that one through and he ran on the field like a little kid and he loved it. The best thing about that, I thought, was at the end of the game, he was saying during the week, I said, it's not really a big deal. I'm, you know, I don't really think it's a special game. And he said, you know what? I lied. It was a special game and I'm happy that I won that milestone game because I would have remembered it forever. So that was brilliant to see that. And I think he's brought a life back to Rome and you know that he can be, you know, really divisive when he's in the, in the press conferences or just his character in general. I think Roman needed a manager like that because they really thrive off it. When they had Totti there, he was a vicious kind of man. De Rossi, when they were up and about Roma, they always had those fierce, you know, kind of competitors. And I think he's brought that back to the team. And I know it's very early. I said it before, we can't read too much into it, but it's been a really good start for Rome. And a lot of people over there are getting very excited about their prospects, especially when teams are falling off a little bit. And I'm talking about Juventus because at the start of the season, a lot of people had them as uh, title favorites and uh, oh, Juventus, man, we haven't, haven't won. won a game. <laughs> have not won a game yet. It hasn't been great. Winless. You've got your excuses three. though, mate. That's good. Okay. We've got the excuses ready because we know seven players are missing. That's it. Fair enough. Allegri's come through new coach again he's been there in the past but he's trying to set something up differently and he's trying to work out a team without Ronaldo in it uh, the only players they signed during the offseason were age 23 and under it's, it's a kind of a youth sort of thing and we've they've done this before at the, even at the end of the game he goes I've been through worse now in 2015 they were trailing Napoli by 11 points Napoli were top 11 points clear they were going to win it no chance for Juventus won 15 in a row and won the league they've been there before so it's not the end of the world yet so I think um well teams like Roma and Inter even Lazio and Milan are getting excited last time scored on the weekend but mm. don't count out Juventus because I still think there's a chance. Well, why well, uh, Al's smirking? Well, you don't you don't believe me, Al? No, not at all. No, I'm, I'm, it's <laughs> it's just uh, you know quite partisan. Obviously, you got your um, yeah, I know. You know, but it's you need to be confident. I mean, I have no confidence whatsoever with Spurs, do I? Yeah. So uh, you know, but I, what about Mourinho? I mean, mm. you talk about Mourinho. At the, it's the start of the season, sprinting like a little kid. Yeah, a little a little bit disrespectful. You know. not, not at all. I think that's what you need. That's exactly what you need. Huge win. I mean, that's the, the way that they've beaten teams as well. They beat Fiorentina 3-1. They scored three. Salernitana is not a good team, but they won 4-0 out. Sassuolo, yep. they win 2-1. They know how to score goals. They're playing exciting football. There's a new energy there. And I think, in, in you know, when you notch up a thousand games as manager, you probably deserve to run on the field in celebration, I thought. That's true. That's true. But I mean, give it 12 months and it'll be sulking at the back. Sitting there, not smiling at all. I mean, that's what he does, you know. That's what he does. So, so Al doesn't have Roma for the title, but do you, Jimmy and Mitch? I think Al just doesn't want to see Jose succeed, to be honest. That's that's all I'm getting. That's that's all I'm getting from him. Look, I, I, I think that at this stage and with a, a manager that knows how to win and has mm. been there and done it before, I think Jose's got him in a good position to start off with. But yeah, I can't help but agree with Al. At some point, the players start resp- uh, stop responding, sorry to Jose. And can he change that? You know, that raw emotion he showed for that 1,000th game there, that win, that's the difference issue. Maybe he's a bit more emotionally connected with the players, a bit more emotionally connected with the club, and therefore the players might turn around and play for him because they certainly didn't play for him at Tottenham. So yeah, he, they know, did it at the start, right? They did it at the start. Yeah, he was happy. True. He was, you know, winning games. We were top of the league again at, you know, Christmas last year. That is true. Start losing no, games. He starts, it's, that's that, you know, emotions start to change. Yeah. 
That's true. Oh, no, Al's right. I think it, it's hard early, and especially Italian food. There's something about Christmas that I think they, they have too much pasta or pizza or lasagna, and after one team always drops off. Last year we saw Milan as well. They were the winter champions. Yep. So what? You don't get a title for that. They dropped off completely. All, all the time we see teams start well and drop off. So it's really hard to predict in the Italian league especially. But if you're just judging on the first three weeks, I know it's hard. You take signings into consideration. I mean, I do... If there's a chance for Napoli, I think it would be this season since 2015. I like what they've done. Inter as well. I know they lost Lukaku, but they're still a top team. I think Milan will drop away. So if I had to put money on someone, it'd probably be Inter or Napoli, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I hope Juventus come back up. The midfield's just crap, to be honest. Uh, Now it's on to our player of the week. Very welcome. And this is going to be interesting. We'll be doing this every week from now on. And it's just for Premier League plays only, Jimmy. So don't go veering off to Del Piero or anything (laughs) like that. Um, But we'll start with you, Al. Who is your player of the week? Well, my player of the week, obviously you've got Ronaldo, Lukaku, and they'll they'll get all the plaudits. Mm. I'm sure the uh, United fanboys will be voting for their returning hero. (laughs) But I'm actually going to go for a young English lad from Palace, but he's actually from from Chelsea. And we're talking about strength and depth for Chelsea. Yeah, he's on loan there. So Conor, Conor Gallagher, and he was just—he just ran Spurs ragged that midfield. Um, again, another product of the Chelsea academy. And as I said, you know they've got yeah. so many players, uh, you know, out on loan. Yeah, there's been a hundred of them. Yeah. So um, you know he's not afraid to take it on. He had—I sh- uh, think he had six shots on target. Uh, mm. Didn't score, but he had one assist as well, and, and arguably, you know, made the penalty. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah he's, Look, he's already scored two goals. Yeah, scored the double last week at West Ham, which was massive for them. And then obviously this week, the assist against Tottenham. He was huge, Al. What about, just quickly, sorry, Al, what about Odson, Edouard? What a, what a debut for him. Comes on two goals, the Frenchman. He did. I mean, look, Patrick Vieira was jumping around. And, and you know, literally the second touch, I think it was, and you saw Vieira clapping and just going, yeah, like you, you just came on, great sub, yeah. finished the game off. Yeah, phenomenal mm. for him. Just to yeah. just to stick on Palace for a second here, guys, do you guys think that with that signing and, and, you know, two goals in your first game off the bench, does that take a little bit of pressure off Zaha and make Palace a little bit more of a threat than they were or have been in past seasons? Wasn't that, sorry, wasn't that Zaha's first goal against Tottenham or something? It was indeed, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe already the pressure's coming off the shoulders. He's ready to, to fight. Maybe Mitch is onto something. Mm. No, I do. I, I agree with you, Mitch, there. Um, I do think, I mean, that yeah, they needed a lot of uh, young talent in that Palace team. I think that's been a criticism of them, them in the past. And Edouard, he's 22 years old. And then Al mentioned Gallagher, obviously. So, um, and the, they've got a couple of injuries there as well. Um, Eberichi, easy. But, yeah, I, th- I think their future is actually looking bright now all of a sudden. Look, my player of the week is is the man with that. I only had two shots, but they were both goals, and it is Lukaku. Boom. I think, you know, yes, strikers get a lot of applause and, you know, they have to do it with the midfield behind them and everything else like that. But he had two opportunities, and he made the most of both of them. And that first goal especially, you know, he still had a bit of work to do. He took it back on the inside and, and finished really well. Um, and to do it, you know, have one goal on your left and one goal on your right, I think that's what it – you know, that's what a striker's there to do and that's what he's done. And, you know, strikers do deserve a bit of applause. You know, they deserve that, to have that moment. And he gets his this week for me. He's done his job. He got them there. And, you know what, they didn't dominate the game, but he did his job, which led them to the win. So for me, Lukaku is my player of the week. 
So do you have to Nick? Do you have to vote? You have to vote on who was the best player. It, yeah. You know, considering yep. the cases that we've all made. Yeah, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll vote. I'll vote like a three, two, and one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, so Mitch's is poor because the guys had two shots at goal. Yeah. Fair enough. He's got him in. That's fine. that's fine. He's not the player <laughs> of the goals, week. That's a bit games, harsh. You know? Goals win and games. Exactly. They do. They do. Hundred percent. That's, that's fair enough. No, they do. But someone else who, who scored two goals was also Ronaldo. And I'll, I'll just touch on it in a bit. And Conor Gallagher didn't even score. So goals make games. It's it's poor. I think the best player of the weekend, without a doubt, it has to be Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, Mike, if there was ever a week. And the funny thing was that Nick starts this show, editorial, you know, biggest topic of the week. Everyone's talking about it. He starts with Everton. I mean, everyone's talking about Ronaldo. So I've got to bring it up now. But imagine going into that game with that amount of pressure, that amount of pressure and say, oh, no, he's done it before. Man, everyone in the world is watching you and you have to perform. And it's not an individual sport where you can control everything. It's a team sport. He goes in there and he scores two. And not only the on-field impact, it is the off-field as well. On Thursday, the team, the boys are sitting there eating their lunch, everything like that. Apple crumbles for dessert. And then they ask Ronaldo if he wants some. He doesn't have any. None of the team has the apple crumble. He is mm. setting a standard and saying, this is what you want to do if you want to succeed. Everyone's following him. New fa- Look, did you see Bruno Fernandes? Unbelievable the way he's playing and he's found new energy with Ronaldo there. He's a Portuguese partner and they're playing well. Everyone wants to stay. Pogba's going to sign on. United's going to win the title and it's all because of one man. He is the man of the round. Nico, give it to me, please. No, that, that, that is fair enough, Jimmy. That um, that story about uh, the apple crumble and the brownies, that was incredible. I think it was Lee Grant, uh, the United, yeah. one of United's goalkeepers, told the story. And yeah, that's incredible how much he influenced the whole playing group not to get dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is definitely really? between Lukaku and Ronaldo. But oh, you're, you're going to call me biased here, but I am leaning more towards Lukaku oh, because, just, because, just because of the way he took those goals. The first one, he cuts inside, um, sends Twenzebe for a hot dog and then smashes oh. it into the bottom corner. And the second one, left foot outside of the box, top bins, and he almost puts a hole in the bloody net. Second so, one's a fluke. First one, Al would have shut him down. That You could have seen, it was like a truck doing a U-turn. You would have seen it coming. Well, you, you Mate, I, would have, about, I would have done a Tanganga for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about pressure, Jimmy, and yeah. I mean Lukaku's record at Stanford at Stanford Bridge, sorry, uh, wasn't that great either. I think he hadn't scored there before the weekend, or he was on like a well, uh, massive on drought. Field. So, yeah. <laughs> you also talk about these world class goals, right, from Ronaldo, but you're forgetting the other one, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was a, a proper worldy. Yeah, I think Pogba's. Um, He's flying under the radar as well. He's up to what five or six assists now. So, yeah. Anyway, he and he's only twenty eight. Let's not forget he's got. He's just coming into his prime now. So if you've mm. got someone alongside him like that, I think uh, you could see and, a big yeah. rise in him. Which yeah. is why you've changed your mind and chosen no, Ronaldo no. as the three. Oh. No, I'll I'll go I'll go Lukaku with the three, Ronaldo with the two, and Al. I did like your one um, with Conor Gallagher, but yeah, he he'll take the one this week. It would be a bit wrong if I gave him more votes than Ronaldo or Lukaku. That's it for the show as well, boys. So thank you for joining. And until next time, catch you boys later.